Today's show is brought to you by the folks over at our Patreon, including our two newest patrons, Marie and Alex. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping keep the lights on on the Animaniacast. And if you would like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash Animaniacast. You'll get exclusive audio from the show, including Creator's Commentary Series with the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. You'll be able to find out exclusive stuff Stuff you won't hear anywhere else, and plus you'll have a really good time. It's all over at patreon.com slash animaniacast, and thanks again to our patrons. And welcome everybody to another episode of the Animaniacast. I haven't had cheesecake in quite some time. I switched to protein pellets years ago for maximum efficiency. Also, there's no food in the future, only dust. Oh, slow down. You're going to eat the plate. And trust me, plates do not taste good. Now, firm insulation, on the other hand. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, future brain. But if you're really from the future, don't you already know that I'm not? everybody once again to the animated cast this is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series animaniacs as well as other shows in the rugerverse such as tiny tune adventures pinky in the brain and freakazoid and today we're going to be talking about episode nine of the animaniacs reboot that's right we're going to be talking about all the cultural references and gags that we can find and of course in the end we're going to give this episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. That's not the issue. Okay, and across the country, <laughs> in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Well, yes, it's uh, the issue for today is episode <laughs> nine. <laughs> of the Animaniacs reboot. It has uh, a few uh, segments, a uh, little bit more than the typical three uh, that we're used to. It has, in fact, one additional segment, I guess, that we're used to. Whatever. Uh, here comes Treble. Uh, that's not the issue. Future Brain and the Incredible Gnome in People's Mouths. And if someone were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, what would you tell them, Nathan? Um, there's like Terminator and, um, some other, there's music. I don't know. There's, it's a, it's, it's a whole bunch of things happening. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? They had a scene at the Oscars and they didn't even include Steven Spielberg. Oh, they had the perfect opportunity to, I mean, they already, they already have a, a model, you know, a, a caricature ready to go of him. Ah, missed opportunity. Oh, well, well. <laughs> Uh, of course, we all know that this episode, along with all the other episodes in the first season of the Animaniacs reboot, premiered on November 20th of 2020, the greatest year our planet has ever seen. Nathan, why don't you tell us what happened? What's what's our November? Bef- Wait, what am I saying? It's been a couple weeks since I've asked this. Nathan, we gotta hit, you got to hit us with the November 20th trivia theme song. Remember, remember November 20th. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very good. It's a short and sweet. Uh, Nathan, what, what's our November 20th trivia? What happened? 
Um, oh, so um, here's some there's, there's some music in this episode. So we'll do some more music things. We got um, in 2008, 2008, Ashley Simpson and Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy welcome a baby boy, Bronx Mogul Wentz. And he just um, fell out. Yeah, it just oh, welcome, welcome. In 1976, Paul Simon was on Saturday Night Live, and he got to sing with George Harrison, uh, "Homeward Bound" and "Here Comes the Sun." It was there was even a at the beginning, George Harrison's asking for three thousand dollars or something. It's a weird. I don't know what what's. Oh happening yeah, there, I think I think there was a thing. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, uh, background to that. Lauren Michael said that he would give three thousand dollars for the Beatles. To or, or to reunite like to reunite. So uh, only George Harrison showed up, and he sang with Paul Simon. He's like, so how much of that money do I get? So it was a little funny little thing. Um, and then in 2016, uh, Ariana Grande won uh, Artist of the Year. Uh, Justin Bieber also uh, won a bunch of trophies, like four trophies. So uh, uh, yeah, that was that was that was our music in 20 November 20th. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I guess we have a music, you know, thing to talk about here. This is, uh, let's go ahead and start off with, uh, our first musical part, which is here comes treble. And Here Comes Treble was written by Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk, and it was directed by Brett Varon. Uh, Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Here Comes Treble? Oh, man. All right. Well, we got some lovely music. Uh, Turkey in the Straw is playing, and then we see the Warners uh, come out of a barn, and they're kind of dancing around. But then the music kind of messes up, and it's like, hey, what's going on? So then they got to redo it. And then the music messes up again, so they got to redo it again. And then they mess, you know, they, so... Once more, until we get it right. Excuse me, buddy. It is buddy, isn't it? Is there any way to speed this up? Yeah, I've got lunch plans. I plan to eat a whole Thanksgiving pizza. Who said you three could break the fourth wall and ruin my creative process? Who said waving your arms around is considered a creative process? (laughs) (laughs) Now they're like, hey, can you guys play the music right? And then the conductor's like, hey, we are having to play these children's song all the time when we are classically trained uh orchestra players we should be playing much better songs and they're like yeah well we we'll believe it when we hear it so then so then the uh <laughs> conductor starts playing like uh the the mountain i, I forget what the song's called but uh where uh, uh, and then they do a whole like uh fantasia mopping scene and there's a bunch of warners now they're all they're all really depressed because they're all mopping, and they yes, don't. Yes, it was mopping. in the hall of the Mountain King. Yeah, which is a is a, a very fun song, you know. <laughs> and it always reminds me of like Rat Race or something, because um, I think they, they they always play it in those kinds of movies. Where, yeah, like, things are progressing. You don't want to pay anybody. Yeah, and you, well, yeah, <laughs> and when things are you know where things are escalating, so it's a nice escalating song because it starts oh, off yeah, like that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But by the end of the song, you know, as I was saying, there's a bunch of Warners. Uh, they actually get pushed out of the screen. So they decide to uh, uh, start uh, pulling more Warners out of the screen. So now we've got like 
and they start take over yeah. all the instruments. Because the Warners start duplicating for some magical reason. Well, it's because of in the song for some reason the in the Hall of the Mountain King it caused them to duplicate. Because you know, in well, Fantasia, the, yeah, in the original of, Fantasia references yeah. the the brooms duplicate. So in this one, the, the it was all the Warners duplicate. duplicate. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, they're playing the dance of the comedians, is what he's playing. So we get to hear all the, uh, and then the Warners are actually playing all the instruments. And by the time the uh, conductor realizes, the uh, the Warner switches music out again, and now he has to play the 1812 overture. Uh, and uh, of course, there's like cannons in that. And finally, they. Uh, with one last uh, cannon shot or something, he gets knocked into the screen himself. So now it's the conductor that has to uh, dance along to Turkey in the Straw and play a little jug, and he cries, and that's how it ends. Yeah, he has to like it's kind of weird. He has to, he's like kind of being forced to dance. Like he doesn't even his body is kind of moving. Yeah, which was kind of cool to see. It was neat, neat animation right there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's. I mean, I guess yeah. The main reference was to. I mean, they had the music that was playing. Yeah, I like uh, that they wrote out what the, each song was too. Like, right, identified as it. As you're watching it, so you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess the 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 main reference obviously is, the, is to the music. I was a little disappointed they didn't have Nival Nose Nest or mm. you know Stephen Julie Bernstein or something like that in somewhere as caricatures uh, in this. But you know, another uh, missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You know, but <laughs> but it's. It's, it is what it is. And it was, it was, I, I maybe I was smiling throughout this one. Um, I think we should mention that Turkey in the Straw, uh, was actually also, we were just doing our creators commentary, uh, over at Patreon, patreon.com slash animaniacast. Ooh. <laughs> and we were doing that with Tom Ruger. And court, Tom had pointed out that in, um, Taming of the Screwy, when uh, the Warners take over the band instrument, and they start playing Turkey in the Straw. And he was saying that that's actually kind of a reference to Steamboat Willie, where, you know, that song is played a lot. So it's, it's kind of cool to, to see that, uh, that song come back again. It's a very good cartoony song. It's played a lot in <laughs> a lot of classic cartoons and, of course, Animaniacs as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, but what did you guys think about this first segment? Uh, let's start with you, Kelly. It's boring. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've said before, you know, even with the original Animaniacs, my not favorite episodes are usually ones without dialogue. Because um, one of the things I love about the show the most is the, the witty dialogue. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate good writing. And um, I've seen Fantasia and... It bores me. Yeah, it is a very boring. <laughs> Disney so a uh, parody of Fantasia is not that inter- interesting. Um, so I, you know, I, I I watched it and I kept hoping, well, maybe there's like a big punchline or something will happen or something will happen. And I mean, the visuals were cool, and um, and I can appreciate the nod to, to Disney film, but not my favorite Disney film. So, uh, <laughs> well, compare this to the Brains Apprentice. Remember the Brains Apprentice, and I, uh, I, was... I did remember that, and I, I liked that better. Um, yeah. I, you yeah. know, it didn't have a lot of dialogue either, so I, I don't know. I think I it had even less dialogue. Yeah, I, I don't think I, it had any. I can't yeah. remember why I liked it um, more. 
Uh, I mean, it wasn't my favorite Pinky in the Brain, but I don't know. I think I felt like maybe the animation because that had like little robots or something in it, didn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, and they actually took over the world. Oh. And it was kind of interesting, and it, it sort of told a, a story through throughout. And I don't know. This felt a little more disjointed to me. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, it didn't. It, it, I, I, I smiled in it, but yeah, you're. I, I see what you're saying. Like it wasn't. I was I wasn't like laughing or anything. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, like this is nice. Yeah, I, I thought it was just kind of like a a nice, enjoyable thing. I didn't think it was particularly funny, but I was like, oh, this is just some like nice music I can listen to. Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed that around. the music itself, though, it didn't really do any of the typical things that music does on Animaniacs, where it's like you take sure take the classic music, but then punctuate the action more. Mm. Um, the action was going how, – how am I trying to say this? The action was kind of based upon the music instead of the music kind of changing to fit the action. Does that make any sense? Uh, like when they're when they're packing up all the, the, the uh, musicians and getting rid of them. Yeah. Uh, it seems like the, the music itself was just – it wasn't – accentuated as much as it could have been in certain points. Like it just kind of felt like, okay, they're just playing the 1812 overture, which of course is a very big song to begin with. Um, but I wish they could have been a little bit more um, something to it. It just didn't, uh, it just kind of, it, it was, it was, a, I kind of like the concept, but it didn't really go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just kind of fell flat, I think. And I think that's the issue I have a lot with a lot of these segments in, in today's episode is that the, the concept itself is like, okay, that's pretty good. And it just doesn't really hit the landing. You know, it just kind of does it and yeah, <laughs> kind of. All right. Well, do we have anything else to say here on the, the first segment? Um, I wish there was more references to things. No. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. also wanted it to be Nival Nose Nest, I guess. But um, whatever happened in Nival Nose Nest? I know it's a nice, like, cool question. But. Um, I but the eighteen twelve overture. One last thing it reminded me of uh, the Muppets, which I'm mm. very excited. That the Muppets are coming back to Disney Plus. Five Same. seasons. I'm very so, excited. So that's next month. So that's something to look forward to. Which is like in three days, two days. Yes, exactly. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and get to our next segment, which, uh, of course, is uh, another political one, sort of. <laughs> it's called That's Not the Issue. Welcome back to That's Not the Issue. I'm your host, Tuck Buckerson. Whoa, that's the sugar honey iced tea, baby. And That's Not the Issue was written by Ben Warheit. Uh, the teleplay was by Brad DePrima, and it was directed by Brett Farron. And basically, this is a faux news uh, where it's Tuck Buckerson, uh, who's the caricature of uh, – what's this guy's name? I, I had his name before. It's uh, – Tuck Carlson. Tuck, it's not Tucker, t- Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson, who uh, is not a very funny person in real life. Kind of an infuriating person <laughs> to me in real life. Uh, but in this case, he has the Warners on and he keeps asking them to come up with an issue. And uh, the Warners give him very silly answers each time. Uh, Dot starts making the moves on him, which, come on, Dot, you can do so much better. Uh, I know you're pr- she was just kind of 
playing around with them. Not really serious, but still. Uh, at any rate, they kind of just drive him crazy and they, they do what they did to Dr. Scratch and Sniff. He pulls out his hair and he ends the show by saying something very embarrassing on the cue cards. Show's over! I'm Dub Truckerson, and I'm a giant baby who wears ladybug diapers. Wait, that's not the line! <laughs> and I think that's that's pretty much it, right? That's, that's they, they, yeah. They, the Warners fly they, off in a rocket. They press, and say, they press the button because yeah, because Tuck Tuck keeps pressing this little button whenever he gets frustrated or he wants to move on to the next topic. He keeps showing these uh, America graphics. And it says his um, name in the clouds written yeah. by jets. And he, yeah, it makes him look cool or something. Um, but that's, that's basically it. I mean, he's, it's, 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 you know, the Warner's driving somebody crazy. Uh, I was a little disappointed that this uh, couldn't have been a little bit longer of a segment. I think this is one of the first times in the reboot that they actually did something kind of similar to broadcast nuisance. Uh, even though, <laughs> Even though the the anchor and broadcast nuisance, I don't know if he necessarily had it coming. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> uh, with this one, it's like they could have. I think they could have dedicated uh, a full length episode to it. Instead, it was just like a, a minute or two of them driving him crazy. Well, uh, even with the the brevity of the segment, they they did like the the plane zooming by and the American flag like three different times, and that felt like filler. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I was yeah. like, I don't know if I needed it to be much longer. So was, <laughs> I thought it was a perfect link. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just saying, like, you know, I wish they I wish they had some setup to this, like, of them going to the news studio or or something like that to to make them to show why they would want to drive this man crazy. You know, eh, uh, so. I think it's clear from his personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to drive him crazy. Explanatory. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I need no explanation. Drive him crazy. Go at it. Yeah. So anyway, this was, uh, it was, I mean, there was some, were there any moments in this that made you smile, laugh, anything like I, that? I liked when, um, Wacko talked about, uh, he, his issue was he only gets one meatball and pesketti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was cute. That's not the issue. I'm tired of only getting one meatball with my pescetti and meatballs. More meatballs in pescetti. That's the issue. That's not the issue. Tomatoes are the issue. Are they a fruit, a vegetable, or a deep state agent working for the CIA? <laughs> Nathan, what about you? Um, I liked uh, on the bottom, it, it would say, like, whoever's, like, in the back, they're they're writing down, like, all these different issues like is that the issue you know do we need a vending machines in the lobby question mark like so yeah they're trying to quickly up like exactly. yeah they're <laughs> the same thing that really happens in real news is that yeah. they put these little captions at the bottom really quickly uh yes that was that was it was kind of cool i mean um and then when he says he's uh dump trump dump chuckerson or something i don't know and then he's wearing a diaper it's, and that, oh yeah really yeah yeah that was yeah, like Anchorman sort of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, I I did I, the part I liked was probably the the part where Dot was saying, you know, are we going to go to, you know, go to your house or my house for go to my parents' house for Christmas and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cute. Or should um, we go to Paris? Yeah. That's not the issue. The issue is where are we spending Christmas? I know you promised your mother we'd go to her place, but I was thinking Paris. Yeah, it was it, like I said, it was. It was there. 
uh, didn't upset me or anything like that, but I just didn't necessarily find it as funny as I wish I did. But uh, it was fine. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Pinky and the Brain segment for today's episode. Uh, that is called Future Brain. And Future Brain was written by Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk, and it was directed by Brett Varen. And um, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Future Brain? Well, uh, Pinky and the Brain are going to the Academy Awards, and the Brain has directed and, and I think also written a movie that's been nominated, and uh, who knew that he could make a movie? And uh, But it's all part of his nefarious scheme uh, to shoot a immobilization ray from the stage to kidnap the Hollywood elites. Um, but they're, they're driving Pinky's the chauffeur, or so we thought, because I guess it really turns out to be Future Brain, who looks like the Terminator. He's got like half a bionic face. A cool and, scar. Yes. Yeah. That only gets infected sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he's tied up, Pinky. And he says, you know, come with me if you want, if you actually want to take over the world, um, which, of course, is another reference to Terminator. You know, come with me if you want to live. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Did Arnold Schwarzenegger just walk into the room? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. It's funny. <laughs> um, it's not. The, it's not. That you should good. have an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of Harrison can you Ford. Do, can you do uh, his voice really well? Who? Harrison Ford? No, no, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you do no, a Schwarzenegger I, I wish impersonation? I could. No, but we just had him in here, so no, yeah, I, I think he's over at your house. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with a southern accent. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Pinky is, uh, you know, he's not too bothered because he he says that the the ropes feel like a chafing, slightly chafing big hug. I demand that you untie my friend immediately. worry about me, Brain. It's like these ropes are giving me a slightly chafing big hug. Nerve. So uh, he, uh, they finally untie him and he's making no-bake cheesecake. And uh, he's so befuddled by the fact that there's two brains. And he's like, you know, there's two brains and now my brain hurts. Am I brain? And, you know, he's having this, uh, I think you, you could call it an existential crisis. Yes. So um, Future Brain tells present brain that uh pinky is is you know the real problem and um that he's betrayed him at every turn and he's got to get rid of him and brain you know just just doesn't understand it and um and at first he doesn't even believe that this guy's from the future and he tells them that the the tennis ball has a defective battery because pinky chews on it I know the course of future events. Hey, be careful. That's a self-steering elastomeric tennis ball that you plan to use at Wimbledon to kidnap the royal family. You've been working on it for months, but you'll never perfect it because the battery is faulty. That's impossible. I installed it myself. Yes, the pinky chews the battery every night because it, quote, tickles his teeth like a tinfoil sandwich. La, la, la. Hey, Dad, did somebody just say tinfoil sandwiches? Just like Mother used to make. La, la, la. You know, Pinky's just sort of minding his own business and, and making the cheesecake. And Future Brain loves the cheesecake, apparently. In the future, you know, there's only, like, dust or whatever to eat. So they don't have good food. And, um, and then... 
Pinky is having another existential crisis. Hey, God, it sure is strange to see two brains at once. It's like looking in a mirror. Well, not really, because I don't see me on reflection. <gasps> Zoid brain! Does that mean I'm a vampire? So it's been five hours since the Oscar ceremony began, and so that means that the show should be halfway over, which is funny, because it's really long. You're choosing a blithering idiot over a version of you with a scar, which we both know looks pretty cool and only gets infected sometimes. Ugh, foul. Quickly, Pinky, we must return to Hollywood at once. Brain, brain, tell us about your portal. Who's it by? Now Pinky's going to replace the winning envelope of the movie with Pinky, I mean, I'm sorry, Brain's movie. and. Uh, so he he sneaks in and slides the envelope in into the the stack, gets past the guards and everything. And he he ends up asking Brain. He's like, "Well, you know, I I say envelope and you say envelope, and you know, how do you say what was the other word he mentioned? Um, it wasn't tomato. Uh, oyster or oyster. oyster. <laughs> yeah. So Brain's like, whatever. There's a lot of people here. And now the nominees. Gun Smash Scream by Catherine Bigelow. The Englishman's Wife Ghost by Netflix algorithm UZ1165. And finally, A Beautiful Brain by The Brain. I don't know who's actually reading out the winners. I thought at first it might be Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I think it's definitely Tom Cruise with a with a replacement Nicole Kidman. And then Nicole yeah. Kidman, I put a question mark after because I was yeah, like, I think I, it was supposed to be Nicole Kidman, but they had gotten divorced or separated a long, a long, time, a long ago. time ago. And it doesn't even really look that much like her, but it no, looks, looks like just, generic woman. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it wasn't with, if she wasn't with Tom Cruise, I would be like, why do a why do a caricature of just Tom Cruise when you could do both him and some, you know, a different yeah. celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and she, she has red hair and Nicole Kidman had red hair when they were dating. I don't yeah. Know. She sometimes red, has red hair now. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was weird. And, you know, like I said, they, they didn't have Spielberg. They, they, they did some shots of the audience, you know, they, they really lost the opportunity to do a lot of caricatures and, um, you know, make a lot of like funny little visual gags and stuff. Um, most of the characters were just random people. And, um, but anyway, so they announced the winner and the <laughs> start reading out a recipe because Pinky had accidentally put the cheesecake recipe in the envelope or envelope, whichever. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> brain, brain was like, don't do anything rash. And, and Pinky said, yes, says I have no itch ointment. Um, but anyway, uh, they end up, Pinky ends up getting the, the ray gun and he doesn't know which brain to, to shoot. And he, he's still really confused and, um, he ends up just shooting it up in the air and it create all these, it creates all these, these random portals. And so future brain gets sucked into one of the portals and he, he reaches out and tries to grab present brain and Pinky pulls him back and future brain ends up being put like 420 million years ago into the past so i don't know what dinosaur period that was but or might even be pre-dinosaur they had some weird looking fish thing that walked that he said he was going to call blinky how do you feel about taking over the world fish friend i shall call you 
Blinky. And uh, that's kind of about it. <laughs> yes, that was. Well, yes. So will we see Future Brain again? In the future? In the future? He's in the past. Or in the past? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. This is too confusing. <laughs> I think the chances of him reappearing are, are pretty good. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and, and show uh, Nathan and Kelly uh, something which I guess everyone else won't be able to see. But uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen because the, there's a part right here where uh, the pinky is about to – he doesn't know which brain to shoot, right? And so he shoots the little portal. So shooting in the air. In the yeah. air. And, and I knew what that was right away. It's hot a reference. Fuzz. No, well, maybe. Which <laughs> Hot Fuzz could have been referencing this. Yeah, they definitely do. It's from Point Break. So oh. look at this. So you have Keanu and doesn't know whether to shoot Patrick Swayze or not. He lets him go over the fence. And then Patrick Swayze gets away. Ronald, Ronald Reagan mask and all. I thought Plane Break was about surfing. Is that it? It is uh, in part. That wasn't surfing. That was not. Surfing. Well, they do surf in. I've never seen the movie, so it's fine. <laughs> I haven't it's a, either. It's a, obviously, it's, a, it's about uh, a lot of things. It's about surfing, and it's about uh, bank robbing and uh, undercover FBI agent. Oh wow! It's um, it's uh. I thought it was a buddy movie about surfing. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Keanu's a oh, okay. Keanu's a under he, he for some reason he becomes friends with the one person he's trying to investigate and he really likes him cuz they're just they just it's like a bromance movie. But there is also a girl so it is a romance movie. <laughs> but it's I don't know. It's it's a little bit of everything, and it's actually wow. a bad movie. But my wife it's really likes it. It's a B movie. It. Oh no, I, a... got, I got a friend who I think is his favorite movie ever. Oh, it's it's pretty bad. I I it's uh, I was talking with my wife about uh, Patrick Swayze. Other than Ghost, I don't know if Patrick Swayze's really been in any really. I would say you could classify as quote unquote good movies, because hmm. uh, we just saw uh, Red Dawn for the first time. Boy oh boy, that movie's bad. Well, I had never seen it before, but it, we saw the Rift Tracks version of it the other day, and boy, oh boy, it's it's long too. It's like two and a half hours. Anyway, let's stop talking about Patrick Swayze. Let's <laughs> talk about Pinky and the Brain. Uh, I, I guess we they had the celebrity references and the movie references, but what other kinds of things like that did you guys uh, like or perhaps notice as another reference in this Pinky and the Brain segment? Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, beautiful brain. It's a parody of a beautiful mind, which won best picture in 2002. It's a, it's a thing. Um, I like, <laughs> uh, no, I, I like when, uh, Pinky doesn't know which brain to shoot and they're both like, it's so obvious. Um, and then even the brain that yeah, obviously he wouldn't want to get shot, but he's like, obviously, yes, I have this cool scar. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I did like, I did like how the brain future brain had a deeper almost robotic voice uh which was which was kind of cool it was a little slight mm -hmm. you know slight difference in their voice um and uh yeah i like uh they ha they had uh catherine um bigelow right they had, a, they had a caricature of her because it was her movie that was called gun smash scream which i think was a 
parody of Hurt Locker, maybe? Oh, yeah, that must have been it. Yes. Because I... Uh, there was a bomb she, in it. Yeah. Yeah, Hurt Locker. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That was kind of a depressing film. Almost any uh, film that deals with war, though, is kind of going to be a depressing film. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they kind of allude to Pinky being a genius in this. Segment. They did. And I, you know, and with kind of like the brain saying like, no, he's actually secretly the, the genius. Yeah, he's um, always, yeah, he's master. Yeah, he's bug. He's got you he bugged on something. But yeah, he doesn't come out and say that. You know, no, he just but, says, you know, he's he's trying to, you know, foil your plans. Don't you see it? He's simply a simple simpleton. You don't know who Pinky truly is. Pinky has betrayed me at every turn. How else can you explain our never-ending string of failures? That's why I traveled back in time. We must get rid of Pinky before it's too late. I don't know, Kelly. What did you think about this uh, this Pinky in the Brain segment? I thought it was cute. I um I liked Future Brain the way he looked. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that they they did a um a thing with the Oscars. Like I said, I'm I'm upset they didn't even have Spielberg in the audience because part of the reason I watched the Oscars is just to see Spielberg. <laughs> um, whether he's nominated or not, I don't care. I mean, I do care. I get mad when he's not nominated, but sometimes you just can't help it because maybe he didn't have a movie that year. <laughs> but he still should be nominated. I mean, yeah. Let's. You know. <laughs> oh, um, I also like when Pinky snuck in. I just remembered uh, when he's he has to put the envelope into the basket. So he's he's jumping around all these things. And then the final thing is these two guards are standing in front. So what he does, he just walks casually and waves at them. And then the guards just kind of shrug. And yeah, yeah. I did. I went the one little moment that I liked about that was when Pinky put it in his mouth and ran like an actual mouse, mm. um, which we never really see them do that, you know. Uh, so that was just interesting to see. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's new. Um, at any rate, uh, yeah, it was it was some some cute stuff here. It, uh, I'm 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 a little concerned with again how they're kind of tell you know telegraphing the direction that the brain is going we just had this episode uh where he electrocutes julia and really doesn't seem like he's in character he seems much more villainous um and almost stewie griffinish in some ways mm -hmm. than than he's ever been before and again here we are kind of doing stewie griffin slash rick and morty kind of stuff with teleportation guns and uh Almost, it kind of was kind of like Rick and Morty. Now I think about it, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you have like alternate, uh, you know, Rick Realities. come in, mm -hmm. robot Rick come in, and he's trying to warn him about the future and this and that. And they're so the yeah. brain was a lot nicer in this episode. Yeah, I thought I thought he was not evil as yeah, he was in but it, other episodes. Yeah, but again, <laughs> it kind of like telegraphs to the point, like okay, the the future brain is been through stuff and apparently is. I don't know if he didn't even seem as evil. Even Future Brain didn't seem as evil as the one in the previous episode. Yeah, exactly. I thought it, I, I was but, like, but I did like how the brain kind of, you know, says, you know, don't hurt my friend Pinky. You know, he's, he acknowledges Pinky is his friend and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So um, it's just kind of it's just kind of weird to see the brain in that going in that direction. And even though they. I, I, I just get the feeling that we're going to see this future version of brain return um, along, you know, in, probably in the second season, I would assume. Yeah, not not in the first season. I'll tell you that. <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was it was fine. It was uh, 
it was it's you know i think the writers if anything of this the reboot i think we've noticed that they they tend to to work a little harder perhaps on the pinky and the brain or at least it just comes easier for them <laughs> to write for pinky and the brain than it does for the warners um so yeah let's go ahead and get to our last uh, little segment here it's called the incredible gnome in people's mouths ceo michael benton Silicon Valley venture capitalist, egomaniac, searching for everlasting life. Then a freak accident transforms his biological makeup, turning him into an angry gnome. And The Incredible Gnome in People's Mouths was written by Jess Latcher, Andrew Barbeau, and Wellesley Wilde, and it was directed by Brett Varon and Adriel Garcia. And this is a little bit like uh, The Incredible Hulk. Where, you know, the Hulk, ha- the, the Hulk had, uh, or I should say, it wasn't Bruce Banner in the original one. It was David Banner, I think, in the TV series. But he had to uh, go from town to town helping people with their problems. And, of course, he would usually solve them eventually through smashing things because uh, you get angry. Well, it's kind of the same thing, except you have a gnome in your mouth. Why did, How does he get in your mouth? No one really knows. Uh, but... He solves people's problems uh, by speaking up for them, jumping out of their mouth, and uh, yelling at the other people around them. I think I'm in love with you. Really? I think I'm falling for you, too. Are you kidding? You've known him for a week. What happened to that guy with the moped? He was cool. It all started with, you know, they show this whole uh, how this gnome came to be um, through some... This rich person wanted to live longer or something. Mike Benton. <laughs> Mike Benton name. wanted to live longer, but there was a malfunction and it turned him into a gnome. Uh, well, you know, it, 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 it was what it was. Uh, it's in this case, this, uh, woman, Marsha is about to get married to this guy. And right before they get married, he jumps out of her mouth and says, the only reason he wants to marry you is because you have a pinball collection. And so they don't get married. And she says, thank you. And he goes off to help someone else. You really saved me back there, Gnome. Thank you. No problem. Where will you go now? Wherever I need it. And that's the end. So, what did you guys think of the incredible gnome in people's mouths? This is our second new character segment of the reboot. Um, what did you think about it? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, it reminded me of the Incredible Hulk, maybe Quantum Leap. Um, that which is basically... Yeah, which is basically well, yeah. I mean, the the in the ending was definitely it's an incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk, yeah. He's just walking away, and this music's playing. I think the same music from the Incredible Hulk are very similar. Very, very similar, if not so, the same. Yeah, I got uh, a Bionic Man vibe from it. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. the the I think I just saw an episode of the Incredible Hulk also on Rift Tracks. This is a great plug for Rift Tracks. This episode uh, because they they have a new service, new streaming service on Rift Tracks. Where it's kind of like Netflix, but it's just called Friends, which is a horrible name for uh, their service. But anyway, you get to stream like all their old shorts and uh, some of the movies they've done. And one of the ones that they had was The Incredible Hulk. I had not seen an episode of The Incredible Hulk since I was a little kid. 
So we watched it and, uh, yeah, it starts off with kind of this whole origin story, a little bit like the $6 million man or something like that. But I think that's just how those two shows did stuff, you know, like we're just going to give you the exposition <laughs> in our theme song or opening theme each episode. Um, anyway, it was, it was what it was. Uh, Kelly, what do you, what do you think about this, uh, incredible gnome thing? I, the whole time watching, I'm like, what, what is this? What, <laughs> I, what, what is this? I don't it, even, I don't even, I, I don't, I don't even know what I saw. Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it kind of reminded me, it kind of, Freakazoid came to mind in this one just because yeah. it was like the lawn gnomes kind the of. The lawn gnomes is what, which is not my favorite Freakazoid segment at all. No. I like but, this probably better than the oh, lawn really? gnomes one. Wow. Maybe. I, I don't know. The lawn gnome one I went like on a little too just long. It, well, the lawn gnomes I like just because it's just so weird. Just, it just, it doesn't even try to, it, it's so anti what you should do with a cartoon yeah. that it's suddenly, I like it more than this. But, um, yeah, the lawn gnomes was not a not one of the standout segments in, in Freakazoid. It would been it would have been a great segment if it was like three minutes. I feel like it was like a ten minute segment or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get the point with lawn gnomes. Uh, but yeah, this one it's it was fine. I mean, I didn't. I again, I didn't. I didn't hate the segment, but I wasn't like laughing really at it. I was just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> kind of thing would you like the incredible gnome in people's mouths to return next year no uh, not no for kelly and nathan what about you i could take it or leave it i don't know <laughs> yeah me too i uh, yeah i'm fine like it was one gross part where they show his hand which i was like i didn't want to see that but like, yeah there wasn't hand. as many gross moments in this episode and this whole episode yeah there weren't a lot of gross moments which is probably why i liked it better than some of these other episodes yeah i was, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode of the Animaniacs reboot? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Oh, no. I was hoping to not to be first. <laughs> okay. Um, I was torn between three and a half and four. I'm just going to say four because wow. I feel like I'm not going to get a lot of great episodes. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one uh, had uh, I really like the pinky in the brain segment. Uh, that's not the issue was fun. Uh, it was neat seeing a new segment for the Incredible Gnomes. Not my favorite segment, but it was new. So that's always fun. And then the whole musical thing at the beginning was uh, fine. You know, I have no issues with it. So, okay. And Kelly, what about you? Hmm. Oh, I think I'll go with two and a half. Um, the half because of the pinky and the brain. Um, <laughs> that was my favorite part. And I mean, nothing like offended me or, you know, I didn't hate anything. I just, like I said, the first segment, uh, it just wasn't that entertaining to me. I just kind of got bored. And then um, the gnome thing, it, it didn't even feel like it fit in this universe. Um, yeah. So I, again, I don't, I don't even know what that was about. And then um, the, the faux news segment was, it was kind of cute. I mean, it was like, like we said, it had some cute little lines and um, some more Warner brothers and, dot stuff but um yeah the, the shining part of the whole episode was pinky in the brain 
Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you, Kelly. There, the gnome. It didn't really even. It didn't really feel like it should be in this show. It felt like mm-hmm. it should be in a different show. And and like the Starbucks and Cindy, as much as I didn't really like it, it, it at least felt like okay. I could see this in. I could see this fitting into Animaniacs. Well, because it's know? basically uh, <laughs> it's the brain of Elmira. Yeah, that's is... true. But it dealt with a kid. It dealt, you know, it dealt with something yeah. that you're like, okay, I could see this being kind of a part of Animaniacs. Uh, this part, it just kind of felt like it could go into any cartoon. So, yeah, in the world. that's true. I definitely it, agree with that. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like it. It it, it had to be in this show. Um, so, and it's like, gosh, we. We got rid of Slappy Squirrel for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? Come on, guys. Uh, if I had the choice, I think anybody in the world would obviously pick some of the original characters. Not saying you have to bring them all back, but come on. I mean. The hippos really? can stay at home. I'd rather have a hip hippos than the incredible gnome even. Well, I, mean, I don't know about ah, I do. I would. About I would. the same. I want to see what they're doing. <laughs> um, but I guess my main thing, my main problem with a lot of the, the episode uh, it just, like I said, it just kind of fell, even the pinking the brain one, it just kind of felt like it was kind of going through some of the motions, but it wasn't really quite land, landing the jokes as much as I really hoped it would have. Um, it really kind of felt like an, like a reading an issue of the Animaniacs comics once again, where I'm like, I'm smiling, I'm enjoying it, but am I really laughing out loud? Am I really enjoying it as much as like the original series? No, not at all. But it, like you said, it wasn't offensive or anything like that. I wasn't like going, Oh, I hate this. That's, or that's too gross or they're ruining the characters here or there. So uh, I'll give it a three, uh, just cause it's fine. Um, but again, would I revisit it necessarily? No. <laughs> uh, it was just there. So there you go. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Uh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, JingoFT. That's me. All right. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Animaniacast, you can become a patron and you can listen to bonus audio and bonus episodes of our show, which are creator commentary series with the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. We're going through every episode of the original series and doing commentary tracks, and it's so much fun. And uh, we, we're learning new facts. We thought we we thought we knew it all. We went through the wikis. We, th- we thought we knew all this stuff. It's no, no, no. This is stuff so that you can't fun. find anywhere, like yeah, this exactly. information, some of it. So for just $4, you can get uh, access to that uh, tier right there. Or if you just want to give us a tip in the tip jar, you can throw a dollar in there. Or if you really want to go a little bit extra and get some decals and other bonuses, you can even give 10 bucks if you really feel so inclined. But any little bit of support is very much appreciated because it helps cover the costs of hosting the show and we will hopefully be able to even improve it and make it even better through patreon so thank you patrons for all of your support well uh oh and one more thing the discord channel don't forget retro zap discord channel we're a proud member of the retro zap podcast network head on over to discord.animaniacast.com and you can talk to us about animaniacs or any of the other folks over at retro zap 
about anything pop culture, it's a great positive place to be online. So discord.animaticast.com. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Like violence in children's television? Yes, how do you feel about it? Great! Great! 